Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. So how many years have you been in Nashville now? Uh, almost three. We're coming up on three. Yeah. Wow. No. So Ashton's real supportive of this, this preaching thing. She is. She. It's ministry robes, but we don't know what it's going to look like fully, right? I agree. It's, are you going to be, um, are you going to be a pastor in a church one day? Maybe. I, th- I think that's in the cards. Um, it taking, just taking stock of my life. And, and this is where Ashton comes into play. She's like, what do you do every day? Like, seriously, Robert, look at your life. I'm like, well, I like to work out, read, think, and teach. She's like, yeah, okay. Well, then this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's my free time. I love to read. I love to read 12 different books like Jeff, you know, <laughs> and pull and let it pull my theology and change yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Which reminds me, I bought you a book two and a half years ago. I never mailed it. I should have brought it with me. It's still sitting on my desk <laughs> with your name on it. Um, you did get some opportunities to do some teaching or preaching, but right before the pandemic hit. So at your work at the school, you did some, yeah. led some Bible studies there. Yeah. And it's, you know, understanding God's voice and that, that can look like so many different things to different people. And I just felt this urge that and I felt it since I became a Christian that I need to practice teaching that this time is going to come like we're here today. Like this is this moment's been building for me. So yes, to answer your question, I've led small Bible studies mm-hmm. um, here at the house, at school. I've literally set aside time most Sundays to just practice with Ashton mm-hmm. and prepare a little five, what a five minute, 10 minute sermon. Sure. Just to, just to get ready. Yeah. Um, Shooting free throws. For real. When no one's watching. Right. And I need, I need it. And it's hard because I am first and foremost wired to be an evangelist, mm-hmm. but can evangelists be teachers? Of course. Absolutely. Without a doubt. But I've had to come to the realization that I don't teach like you do. Mm-hmm. I don't teach like um, a Bill Johnson or a Mark Triscoll. Like I'm more encouraging. It's just my style. Cause it's, cause I'm an evangelist. Yeah, yeah. I just want people to know God. Yeah. You know, and he's good and he's, he's great. Turn your life over, over to him yes. and everything will be better. I know. Yeah. And, and as I was actually preparing for this sermon, I'm like, okay, here I go again. Everything's <laughs> motivational, but God's like, you, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You, yeah. you are, I wired you like that. Yeah. We need people like you in the kingdom. We also need Jeff Watts, who's going to understand the Greek better than I'm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah, we're ready. Let's do this. Renaissance Church, how much I have missed you guys. I've missed the worship gatherings. I've missed the teaching. Uh, I've missed the small groups. There is nothing like a community of like-minded believers. And that's what you guys have. Do not take it for granted. Your church is growing, it's morphing, it's changing because that's what the Lord does when he has his hand on something and he has his hand on a renaissance. And I'm still a part of it, though right now I'm currently living in a different state. I just want you guys to know that there is something that renaissance brings to the kingdom of God and I do not I do not want you to take it for granted how much I have missed you and being a part of what you guys are doing. Now, most of you 
do not know me, some of you might, and I want you guys to feel a connection with me. Okay, I need you to feel a connection with me, so I'm going to give a quick background. Some of you know this, some of you don't. Why do I have the mic and why am I speaking to you guys now? I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I didn't know who Jesus was. I knew he had died on a cross, but I didn't know why. I'd never really been in church until the age of 23. First time I'd ever really felt comfortable being invited to a church was when I was 23 years old. And it was at Renaissance. It was at your church. And I heard uh, Pastor Jeff speak on this thing we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I heard him say things like, um, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all done some things wrong. And because of that, you are now, I'm, I'm literally hearing this for the first time. I heard him say, you're separated from God. And there is a single way to get back to him. And that's through faith in Jesus Christ. And there are so many other parts of the gospel, but I heard this at the most basic level. You need Jesus to be right with God at Renaissance. And from that moment, this faith in the Holy Spirit came upon me and this faith is just birthed in me. And I started to get plugged in at your church. I was fortunate enough to come to Renaissance when there's like 20 or 30 people in attendance every week. And it was a blessing for me, and, and I say this without any arrogance because we all have giftings and callings. Um, there, it was a blessing for me because I knew God had called me to preach and teach what I'm doing now, and I needed to be around good leaders who would answer my questions, who would hear my thoughts without judgment. And this all was birthed at Wren. I got to sit under Pastor Jeff for close to eight years. He is still one of my best friends and he still answers questions and he trusts me. He trusts me to speak to you guys today and I'm grateful and I'm thankful and um, I really, really want to give Jesus props today. So that's where I am going. I'm making much of Renaissance because Renaissance makes much of Jesus. I've heard it a million times at your church. It's always about Jesus. So I want to give just a quick perspective of Renaissance from my view. Long intro, real quick. My name is Robert Kreps. For those who do not know me, I, I don't know what this intro video that Jeff has made entails, um, but I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. I moved three years ago. I teach high school PE and psychology. Why do I say psychology? Because PE teachers have such a bad rap and I gotta get my rep up a little bit. So I'm a high school PE and psychology teacher. And uh, moving to Nashville and, and doing what I do now has given me a different perspective about your church that I really hope you relate to. Looking back and seeing what has happened to the growth and the manifestation of God in Decatur, Illinois, through your church has, has caused this thought to come up in my mind a ton of times. And this is true of anybody in any vocation anywhere. When I think of Renaissance, I think a, of a man and a woman who had a call from God, 
okay? A man and a woman who had a call from God to make church look a certain way. And your church started in a house, and it moved to one building, to another building, now a new building. And what happens when you can find men and women who are, are obedient to the call of God? You will find favor and you will find blessing. And that is true anywhere. It's not just in the church. It's in your vocation. It's in your relationships. And I wanted to start off with that because there's an undertone into this sermon. There's, an, there's this undertone of obedience. It's not an obedience sermon, but I do want to make the point of what can happen when you are obedient. Like the world can be yours when you follow him. All right. We, we are moving on um, for the next four weeks in this series that happens every year titled That One Thing. This has been going on for some time, and it's super good for Renaissance. Uh, one, because it gives people like me to practice a craft and work on a sermon. It really challenges me. And on the other side of that, it gives your pastor a break, and we all need it because rest is powerful. So we're starting this sermon here at Renaissance titled, That One Thing. And here's what's going to happen. Jeff is going to bring in four guest speakers in the question he has posed this time. And I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm going to read it. What's the one thing you've learned about God and your faith that has shaped you during this time? One more time, because this is like the thesis statement. You need to understand it. What is the one thing you've learned about God or your faith that has shaped you during this time? And when Jeff asked me to do this and ask the question, multiple thoughts, I was flooded with thoughts like, what's it going to be? And quickly from the ranks rose one answer. A life built upon God is sustainable and permanent, and a life built upon yourself will come crashing down. This is grade school stuff. I love the basics. So some of you are like, oh, that's not profound. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes the, the thing we know to do and the, the easy thing can be the hardest thing to do. So my answer to what's shaped me during this time, a life built upon God, it will be sustainable. And a life built upon yourself, it will not. Hear me out. Hear me out. We live in America. Our challenges and our issues might look different than people of old or people from another country. I had this moment when the coronavirus broke out. I'm teaching. They cancel school the rest of the year. This thought occurred to me like I might not get a paycheck. I've, I've never dealt with anything like this. I'm, I'm thinking, is my wife going to get paid or is she going to be laid off and furloughed? I go to Publix that day and like, I can't even get the basic necessities. The lines are long. The stock market's crashing. It's like, what is, this is something global. I've never dealt with anything like this. And this realization occurred to me, oh my goodness, I have created this routine and I've created this thought process and this lifestyle that's built upon me and it's not on, it's not on God. And, and what happened when I had free time and I had this pondering and I couldn't go to school and teach and I didn't know if I was making money. It's like, 
I have built things that, that are all about myself and I've, I've built areas of my life that I, I have sustained and I have relied on. That's what he has been showing me. And I, I, know, I know that might be true for you as well. And, and again, I don't, I don't want to come to you today and just preach this profound sermon. My personality has this like, be perfect, be the best. And God's like, no, 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 no. Teach from your heart and say the basic thing that you have to rely on him, that he is your foundation. I'm like, ah, I, I, if I could just get this down, if I could just get this down, I'm good. I'm good. And that is what he showed me during this time. When 9-11 happened and, and the world came out of it, everything looked different. Everything, everything changed. And when we can come up for a breath, when we can look back on this time, I know the world's going to look different. And I feel like God's posed a question before me and maybe for some of you today, will your faith look different? Will your faith look different to be determined? Now, what I have just spoke on about building different foundations, one on you and one on God, Jesus has spoke on as well. And now I want to turn to scripture. I give you guys time at home to get your Bible if you don't have it already. Get your smartphone out. And we're going to turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. Now, I haven't, I've seen some of the other um, videos you guys have done. I know Laramie Street, wherever she is, I give a shout out to her. She's going to pop these scriptures up for if you don't, if you don't have them. All right. Luke 46 through 49. And I want to do something different. I actually want to read this twice. Because when you read it the second time, you're going to notice something different. All right, here we go. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and a stream broke against that house... It could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. Again, I'm going to go one more time. We are in the sermon series of what's that one thing? And my answer is a life built upon God is sustainable. I'm going to go a little bit quicker. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. The flood came and it could not shake the house because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin was great. Understanding where the, these verses come in in the Gospel of Luke, and the story is also told in the Gospel of Matthew, these verses are recorded in there, is extremely important. I just, I just need you to hear me out on this. Jesus in this says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words, 
What words are you talking about? Guys, it's not these words in these three verses. He's actually speaking about this sermon he just gave called the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, it's, it's one of his first, you can fact check me, I'm pretty sure it's one of his first public sermons where he's teaching about two different kingdoms. The kingdom of God is over here and the kingdom of the world is over here. He's saying things people have never heard. And he, and he says things like, hey, you've heard it said, you've heard it said, whoever commits adultery is liable for judgment. He goes, but I say to you, in my kingdom, whoever looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery in his heart. That's how my kingdom operates. And he'll say things like, um, whoever, whoever commit murder is liable for judgment. And I say to you, in my kingdom, whoever hates his brother is a murderer and liable for judgment. And he teaches about these two kingdoms and he's trying to show us and give us a blueprint of how to live. So understanding the context of whoever comes to me and hears my words. Well, what, what words? It's the words that have preceded this, that he's talked about the kingdom of God. If you do not know them, I'm challenging you today. Go read what came before Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Go read the, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Go read his words. You can never ever get enough of, te of teaching on the kingdom of, of the God. You can't. We're, we're inundated with the kingdom of the world. Go listen to the kingdom of God with his words. And he says, whoever hears and does them, I'm going to show you what he is like. Now, being a high school teacher and dealing with kids who are ADD and they don't listen half the time, especially when you get them later in the day. And again, since <laughs> I'm a psychology teacher, I have to give these lectures. And I can tell when kids just, they're, they're out. Like I've spoke too long, like 35 minutes, like did kids, did you even take anything away? So I wanna do that for some of you. Some quick takeaways of this scripture and then I wanna dive a little bit deeper into it. These verses remind me, and they should remind you, like we're, we're building something. You are building a life. Like, don't get it twisted. Don't look at the big picture. Like, you, you are building a life. We're all building something. And no matter what you build, and this is true of people who are Christians, and this is true of people who, who don't follow Jesus, and, and we know this to be the case. No matter what you're building, and no matter who you are, there is a testing coming. There is a challenge coming. And, and Jesus uses the metaphor of a flood. Something's going to come against what you have built. How do you build a strong foundation? Don't complicate it, please. We do this all the time and we get these theology books. And next thing you know, what does this Greek word mean? Well, in the Hebrew, it's, a, hold on a second. No, 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 no. High schoolers, I'm, that's how I teach them. Like, listen, hear me, hear and do. Hear and do. That's how you build a strong foundation. He is so gracious and he is so kind that he did not make it rocket science to follow him because I'd be out. I'd be out. I don't have that IQ. I'm not that smart. He made it so easy and forgive me, this is corny. He made it so easy a stinking caveman can do it. You are capable. You can hear and do. You can hear and do no matter where you're at. 
This next point might not be obvious, but it, it's something, um, that, something that, that kind of bothers me a little bit, is uh, talking about this scripture. These houses, you know, we have two builders. One built well, one didn't. I could argue they looked the same on the outside until something happened. These houses looked the same on the outside until the flood came in. Then you could tell what happened. Like, this is true of my life. It has happened in certain areas where, okay, that was of me, or I built that bad. I'm kind of I'm glad God had mercy and let me see that, because we all have blind spots, don't we? And it's, and it's sometimes His grace to be the second builder and be like, okay, here comes this challenge. Here comes this testing. That's not going to stand in your life anymore. You want to know why? Because I discipline and reprove and correct those whom I love. And I don't know, I don't know where you are at today. But some of you need to hear this. Some of you are killing it. Some of you are following Jesus. Some of you have built well. And you know what? God sees it. God sees it. Continue to grind. Continue to meditate on Scripture. Continue to follow Him and not this other worldly desires, these fleshly desires. Some of you are killing it. And then some of you might be like me where, hey, I'm doing pretty good over here. I'm not doing bad. And then there's this other area where God comes in. And again, because of his grace and because of his kindness, he just gives you a little insight of something that might change. He, he is the best and he has more patience than anybody we've ever met. So I do not care where you're at. There's always time to correct what you've built. Some of you need to hear that, and some of you need to know, hey, you are doing a good job. Keep following. I can't wait to see what happens. Verse 46. So now I want to break these scriptures down just a little bit more. Verse 46. um, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? For me, him using the word Lord this quickly in his public discourse, he's already saying Lord, he's already denoting who he is, It sets up the entire passage for me. He's already commenting, I'm not a moral teacher. I'm not here to just give correction. Um, I'm Lord. I'm Master. That's who I am. And why, why is that important? Here's why. As a former basketball coach, if the football coach or the baseball coach comes into my practice, and they tell me how to change and run, run things or run practice, I'm going to be a second. You need to stay in your lane. I know my sport. Go back to your sport. But if someone comes in who's maybe an NBA coach and they come in, I'm going to be like, you run the practice. I need to learn from you. You want to know why? Because you know more to me and you've seen more. And he's saying here, why do you call me Lord, Lord? He's denoting who he is. He knows more. He knows more. He knows how this life is supposed to work. And many of us who are watching today have, have said he's king and you've, and you've said he's Lord and you want to sit at his feet. But there, there comes times in our life, and this is where I just want to be, I want to be super clear, where he says he's Lord and, and you say that and you want that. And, and there are times where if you don't listen to him as king, as Savior, 
I would say odds are you're listening to yourself. If you're not hearing and doing what he says, I would say the percentages are you are listening to your whims and your desires and your feelings and what you want. And this, this, my listeners, is where you come to the point of building your own foundation. Because if you're not hearing and doing what he has said, you're hearing and doing what someone else has said, well, that's not him. And chances are probably what you have said. And this is what can happen. And I learned this during a pandemic of all times. I can't, I just can't get over it. I can't believe a pandemic had to happen for me to see this. A foundation that is laid by you has to be sustained by you. A foundation that you lay has to be up kept by you. You have to check it, you have to do the things, and you have to keep it going. And I wanna give three examples of this. And the first two will not encompass what I'm trying to say. They are not scripture, they're my thoughts. The third one is scripture, and that's where you need to camp out if this is resonating with you, okay? A foundation that is laid by you has to be sustained by you. We all know there's, there's been musicians throughout our lifetime where they have laid their own foundation, they've, they've done the Instagram promos, they've done the tours, they've released their first album, they've come up with new beats. Next thing you know, a few years after their first album, they gotta release another one to stay relevant because they've built the foundation, they gotta keep up the Instagram, they gotta keep up the tours. But there comes a time where they no longer do it and what happens to their career and music, it just, it tapers off, it falls off because they no longer can sustain it. I love sports, so let, let me give you a sports example. There, there are individualistic sports that we can see the same exact thing. Take a golfer who plays golf by himself, he doesn't have a team, or a tennis player. And again, a foundation laid by you has to be sustained by you. Think of a golfer who um, he's playing, they're doing well. Next thing you know, he gets injured and he can't compete that weekend. Or a tennis athlete gets injured, they can't compete in Wimbledon or whatever the tournament is. Their brand can't continue to work that weekend. You wanna know why? Because they, they can't show up as opposed to somebody on a team as opposed to somebody who has another foundation besides themselves, if the star player on a soccer team or basketball team can't show up that weekend, the brand or the team can still compete because the organization is bigger than one person. And lastly, it gets me to scripture. And I just wanna revisit that question one more time and my answer, um, for the one thing, what has shaped you? And I keep saying that a life built by God is sustainable and he will upkeep it. And, and we see this in the Old Testament with two separate kings. We have King Saul and we have King David. King David came second. King David actually sat under Saul until he got to the kingship. And if you don't know the story, please go read it. First and second Samuel, it is amazing. And you can see what happens when we when we build the life that God has called us to, it's, it's amazing what can happen. The people of Israel wanted a king. 
They wanted a king. So God relents and says, okay, the people you choose who's going to be king. And the people, not God, the people chose Saul to be king. Please know that. His successor, David, wasn't chosen by the people. He was chose by God. God sent a prophet named Samuel to come and get David from being a shepherd. Like being a king wasn't even on his radar. He he pulled them out and he gave him a calling and gave him a path to become king. King David becomes king because God has that call in his life. King Saul became king because the people chose. King Saul's time as king, it's turbulent, it's messed up, and God takes it away from him. King David, who was promoted by God, who now can stand on God, when he becomes king, this is what happens when he becomes king, even if he commits adultery, which he did, God didn't take away the kingship away from him. You want to know why? Because God chose him. He doesn't have to sustain it. Is there a following? Of course. Is there hard times? Of course. But are you going to mess up? Yes. That is 100% going to happen. But when God calls you to do something and God gives you a vocation, a people, a gift, he will always sustain it. You can rest in that fact. And you see that in King David's life. Even when he messes up, even when he messes up, God didn't take the kingship away from him. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And again, that's what happens when you let God build your life and you follow him. He is going to sustain it. Verses 47 and 48, I'm going to couple. Um, And you've heard this by now. So whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you what he is like. This is the guy who's laid a firm foundation. And Jesus said, and and I think... I think we miss this as Christians, and I'm speaking as a Christian now because I've been following for nine years, which is beyond me. And I, and I think we as followers of Christ miss this. That invitation of everyone who comes to me is always available for us. It's always necessary for us. Don't read that and think it's for Johnny down the street who doesn't know God. It's for him too, but it's also for you. There's always going to be hours, minutes, days, weeks that we need to come and sit at his feet just to be in his presence, just to learn from him, just to hear and do what he has said. And again, I don't don't want to make this an obedience sermon. I don't. um, But I do want you to know that, that this person who heard and did his work, they had... They had to dig deep. Like there is some effort. There is some sweat that's going to be involved. There is a, I got to get involved in a renaissance and see some of my flaws because that believer can point them out. Like there, there is that time where you come to him and you let other people help you build, build your foundation with Christ and they can help you because they might understand scripture better than you and they might be able to call something out. So, uh, what, what does it look like? I just, I like practicals because I want growth and sometimes the ethereal big things, I just like, I don't, I can't do all that. That's too much for me. So I hope that you hear me. How do you hear and do? What does that even look like? All right, I'm gonna give you three. There could be many and they could look different, but I'm gonna give you three and they're gonna make sense. 
Hearing his word and doing his word. Okay, you know, you know God's about forgiveness and he's about mercy. So when you meet, when you meet that moment and someone has wronged you and you are in the right and you're reminded, okay, I'm supposed to hear, I'm supposed to do his word. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive that person and it's not even going to be an issue with us anymore. You've laid foundation. You've laid foundation. Now, now next time someone wrongs you because it's going to happen in this walk. I love my wife. I don't know how many times that girl wrongs me and I've got to forgive her. But if I've already laid this mercy foundation, it's easier to keep adding to it. I've done it. Um, God talks about tithing, talk, talks about giving away some of your income. This is not a tithe sermon, please. I'm just, I'm just, this is what he said. Like when, when you get paper, because that's what it is, and God, you're reminded, I, I want to lay this foundation. I want to hear and do. Okay, so now I have some income. I have some money. I'm going to give it away to a church or to a cause that I so believe in. Every time you give that away, you're saying, this paper, this money, it doesn't have a hold on me. And you're laying that foundation of, of God, you run my life. So when the income's not there, I've already practiced this. I've already been given some of my money away. It might not be here now, but I know he's got me because I've laid that foundation. Just give me one more. Um, God talks about how to pray. You want to talk about laying a good foundation? Prayer is just humbly submitting yourself before someone who can help you. And, and when you come to him in prayer because he's asked you to do that, he's even given you examples of how to pray. You are therefore laying this foundation that says, God, I need you. God, you run it. Next thing you know, you are hearing and doing his words and you just become this, and, and forgive me, you, just be, you, you have this righteous confidence like, I've laid this foundation. I'm following God. He has got me. I am built well if you can hear and do. Because the flip side of that, I want to remind you what hearing and doing gets you, gets you a strong foundation. The flip side is not doing results in the story, verse 49, because one who, who heard and didn't do, their, their life, let's just say their life came crashing down on them. And we can 100% in this day and age when we are inundated with scripture. Um, I don't know if Renaissance, Renaissance still gives away Bibles, but when I was there, they gave, I, I had a, literally had a Bible. Some people would kill for that. Some people don't have that overseas. We have the podcast and, and what happens, and this so scares me, we, we might think we're following God because we go to the services, um, because we've listened to the podcast. And what happens is you get inundated and you can, you can create this false following by not doing. And I'm not browbeating you. You want to know how I know that? That can be, that's me half the time. That's me. And I forget, I've got to check some of my ways and be self-aware. I don't want it. And I don't want it because I know what it gets me. It gets me in a crash. It gets me during this pandemic breaks out. I'm freaking out. I'm having anxiety. Where's the money going to come from, God? I didn't build well. I never heard and did. <sighs> Jesus even spoke of, and I have to remind myself I'm preaching right now. Um, I don't like to bring up this verse, but even Jesus spoke of, and we don't like hypocrites. Jesus is like, uh, 
Um, those Pharisees, they preach but don't practice. I'm like, ah, God, I don't want that to be me. God, don't let that be me. And we're all hypocrites in our own, right? We've all been one. Um, so God, right now, as people are listening, call out areas of their life they're doing well. Call them out. Call out areas of life that have become hypocritical or they haven't followed where they should have. I want, I just, I'm trying to land the plane as my favorite pastor, Jeff Watts says. I want, I got on my knees last night and I'm like, Lord, this is, this sermon is just, help me out. And I was reminded and he reminded me again, however you hear God's voice, it could look different. He reminded me that um, following him is, it's like the best decision you can make. It's the best decision you can make. And and it gets you a life, man, it gets you a life that is sustainable. No one can come against it. I want to be that person. I want that to be you. There came a moment for the disciples. There came a moment for Paul where they'd been with Jesus for three years um, and they've heard and they've done there came a moment for Paul where he, he just had visitations with Jesus. What does that look like? I don't know, but I want one. But Paul had seen Jesus, had spent time with Jesus. Um, Jesus even sent people to tell Paul what he was going to do. And there came a moment for them. And it's, like, it's where we're at right now. There came a moment for them where Jesus is no longer around. He died, resurrected, came back again, then he went to heaven. And they're left to live on faith. They're left to live on hearing and doing His Word. And this, this is why when the disciple named Peter is going to his death, he built a life well and he sees, like, imagine you're, you're going to go die on a cross why wouldn't you just back out? How does he not back out? He doesn't, not only does he not back out, he goes to the cross and says, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus did. Crucify me upside down. That's a life built well. That's, that's done and heard what Jesus has said. That's how he could do that. This is why the apostle John, arguably Jesus' best friend, is still doing ministry at a late age on the island of Patmos, because he'd been banished there, boiled alive, yet writes the book of Revelation. Why are you still following? Why is your life not crashed? Well, he's heard and done the word of God. It's, that's why he can stand. This is why Paul is still writing scripture in prison and can say, which is beyond me, I consider it joy in all circumstances. Excuse me? Excuse me? Rejoice always? They built a life well. They, they'd done the Word of God. They'd seen the Word of God. And they lived it. They'd lived it. I want, I want, man, following Jesus is so important to me. I gave my life to Him nine years ago. I'm not turning back. And I want a life built well. And I want when a, when a pandemic breaks out, or crap happens in my life. I want to stand with this like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. And I can do it and you can do it. 
if you've heard and done the Word of God. I want Renaissance to be like this as well. I want you guys to be the forerunners in Decatur. It's right there. You can change an atmosphere. Jesus changed an atmosphere with 12. What do you guys have? Five, 600 people in a new building with great worship music? I want you guys, next time an issue comes up in Decatur or a worldwide issue, Renaissance can stand firm because they've built a foundation by hearing and doing the Word of God. I want the big C, the big church. Next time a pandemic or next time an issue breaks out, God has promised us things like this are going to happen. We don't enter the kingdom of God without persecution, without issue. And I want the big church when a pandemic breaks out, uh, we've been ready for this. We've been ready for this. N next time um, uh, an issue arises, we've been ready for this. Because you know why? Because we've been built well. If you're not following Jesus and you want a life built well, reach out to the people at Renaissance. Reach out, email. If you're scared, I'm telling you, do not be, do not be nervous. Reach out. I did. I was so nervous the first time I came to church. Reach out. Build a life well. If you are a Christian following Jesus, get involved at Renaissance. Get involved with your neighbors. Get involved in Scripture. Hear and do and live this life out with community because nothing, I mean, I'm telling you, nothing can come against you. So we're in that one thing sermon series and I'm kicking it off. And I'm here to say the answer to this question is a life built with God is sustainable. I'm gonna go ahead and close in prayer. If you wanna reach your hand out, please do. Heavenly Father, I pray uh, for the people listening today that you would bring them to that scripture they need to know, that you would bring them to the people they need to get involved with. I want us to live in faith and I want those listening to live in faith um, with you vertically and horizontally with those around them. I pray that they would see the end result of following Christ, that they would see the end result of not following Christ. God, tell them now how much you are for them and how much you care about them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.